let's just go. I'm ready to go. We're ready to talk about cricket. We're back. Hello, Jamie. Hi. I I you as excited as I am for 2024 and all the cricket that is to come. I'm as excited as I was <laughs> last year. If we're not, I I've seen a lot of podcasts talk about. Let's do a review of 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't be bothered. But if you had to sum up 2023 uh, for the cricket, mm. could you do it in one word? Um, unmemorable. But that it, might just be me. Yeah, it's. I don't I, remember I, a lot of England games. Yeah, I a almost want the World to, Cup is sort of just gone. Yeah. I almost want to say underwhelming, but you know, I thought the Ashes was brilliant. Um, oh yeah, that happened. But I feel like that was for me the only kind of highlight. I couldn't. I'm sure I would be able to, you know, from the cricket burrows of my mind, pull up the scorecard from when England played against New Zealand away in March. But it's it's not like at the front four of my mind. The Ashes stands out. The World Cup was bad. Um, the white ball legs at the end of the summer and and the winter were bad um i mean especially like england wise there were a lot of random games like the ireland series or yeah the west indies series just tacked on at the end like yeah i don't care so yeah it's it's a lot of meaningless cricket when international cricket seems to be suffering from an identity anyway um but enough of that we're excited for cricket for this year that's what we're excited for um how would you like would you like me to it's a kind of review in terms of like what what we've missed since we last did the podcast. Mm. Um, our last podcast of two whinging Englishmen about Australia winning the World Cup, apparently. Um, did you enjoy that? That was our most listened to, most watched podcast. Almost 2,000 views, I think. Yeah, it was nice. I, I don't think we were that whingy. I mean, any comment helped the algorithm of the video. It did. So, so if, yeah. If you... <laughs> vehemently disagree with what we say let us know and yeah. like we'll disagree back and balance just like slate the fuck out of us it just means more people will watch the video and like drive us yeah. towards monetization which is cool yeah it really helps it does it helps us an awful lot so i i very much appreciate it i yeah. enjoy that we've got a kind of a weird demographic across our socials in that um so far or our youtube channel is very much if we say something that someone doesn't agree with, usually if they're Australian, then there'll be comments saying stuff about stuff we didn't say, um, which is nice. So we have kind of the saltiness. Uh, Twitter, I think, is the kind of surprisingly the nice common ground where it's just cricket fans talking about cricket. And it's usually quite calm there, um, apart from a time when I talked about ticket prices, which I think I was right to. And um tiktok is basically just memes which are just blowing up all the time so i don't it's like what is just not cricket this year who knows like there, there's such a dearth in quality pundits that are ex-cricketers yeah. and like i wouldn't particularly advise taking their analysis that seriously so why would you take the analysis of two non-ex-cricketers are doing a Two current for cricketers. A for, I just said for a hobbit as well. Like that's how fucking unprofessional we are. I don't know what <laughs> we're doing. Uh, it's our kind of cricket podcast, but um yeah, it's well if 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 you listen to this and you find something to be angered about, that's good. That helps us and it we've we've struck a chord, which is good. If you listen to this and you think, eh, that's fine. Sure. If you also watch our memes and you enjoy comments. that, cool. Yeah. Um, I just enjoy that there's a vast variety of cricket silly stuff that you can find through Just Not Crick Pod. And also, if you want to play cricket, you can also do that through us, through the Wicked Whippets. Right, that's all our promo-ish. Um, let's talk about actual cricket, because you said you've kind of kept your head to the ground. Well, I'll get my head to the ground. You've kind of put your head in the sand in terms of cricket stuff that's happened of the last, I'm going to say, two months. I wouldn't say in the sand. I was like, I know there's sand there, so I'm gonna like go to the jungle into the yeah. dark depth of the bipolar football world that is Manchester mm-hmm. United. Sure, and that's been that's been happy yeah. for you. It is. It is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It is. <laughs> it's all good. Um. So to 
remove you from that kind of sadness um i've got the all the cricket stuff and it's surprising there's an, there's an awful lot i i wrote this during a lunch break at work so it may not make sense to me um as i read it through i have got a kind of overall question at the end um it's kind of stuff we've tread ground on before um, but yes i do want to quit the pod now <laughs> as soon as you start talking about cricket no thank you um but here we go anyway uh starting off the first thing i think that happened was england played west indies as we mentioned briefly just now um at the end of the year in december um which is what everybody wanted after the bark of the world cup um picking kind of the island squad from the end of the summer but with kind of Butler and a few other people like Livingston, but not Sam Hain, which was ludicrous. Um, they lost both the ODI and the T20 series. Uh, but Phil Salt got two T20-hundreds, I think, back-to-back, which is pretty cool. And I imagine that he will be one of the mainstayers in the white ball side going forward, especially with the World Cup coming up. Uh, Ray and Ahmed bowled pretty well. It felt like it was a kind of experimental series to be like let's throw a lot of these younger players into the fray um whilst also not playing some of the players they had in the squad who haven't played that much like ollie pope not sure why he went but he was there for a nice holiday um but yeah i've, I've not got a lot to say didn't watch it it's one of the first things in the series i think in, in my memory that i haven't watched um and i just had no interest in doing so um and that's that's all I've got, really. Phil Salt did well. Rian Armour did well, which I'm happy to see. Butler got kind of some runs, but not really anything to shout home about. Um, and that's kind of it, in my opinion. I have no particular interest <laughs> in the series. It's no. more about, like, is this a building block to what England actually want to play, or were they just trying out players like if they have this kind of squad going forward then stick with it for the tournament and don't bring back players that have retired and are half injured all the time yeah it's it it has that kind of weird sense of like it's a very safe squad in that i don't really think that matthew mott's position or butler's position are very secure and it just felt like going through the motions without actually doing anything meaningful um, which you're not really going to be able to do after a World Cup anyway because no one cares. Um, but there was the other story, I think I sent it to you, about Joffre Archer going to play a game for his old club um, without telling the ECB when Rob Key found out during interview, which was very lol. Um, that's it. I mean, Matthew Mott has said that Stokes and Archer will have a place in the T20 World Cup team when that comes around. Sure. Um but I mean, there's not a lot of England. Yeah, for England white ball stuff, there's not a lot coming up. So I, I, that feels like going back into regressing, sad end of year times. So the test matches start soon against India, um, and England announced the squad a long time ago. Can you remember that squad, Jamie? No, of course I can't. Would you like me to tell you yeah, the squad? On, yeah, you have Ben Stokes as captain, surprisingly, uh, Anderson. Uh, Gus Atkinson, our favourite player, uh, Johnny Bairstow, Harry Brook, Zach Crawley, Ben Duckett, Ben Folks, Tom Hartley, Spinner, Jack Leach, Ollie Pope, Ryan Ahmed, Ollie Robinson, Joe Root, Joe Bashir, and Mark Wood. Thoughts? Uh, it's weird that it's no broad anymore, isn't it? Like mm. that. It does um, sound out, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I think the Bashir one was the yeah. weird one. I can't. Was it Liam Dawson that was on everyone's mind that was to be picked? Yeah. The, yeah, the, a very very good twenty twenty three season. Um, and then yeah, nowhere. Like similar to the white ball stuff. This is when you have to like just go and pick Rian Ahmed and mm-hmm. stick with him and give him a chance yeah. and just he's your guy now. And if you yeah. don't or if you revert. After this series, it just undoes any work yeah. for this series. So, yeah. I don't know, standard team, I'd like folks to be keeping. I think he will. I, I hope so, especially in India. You'd folks so. Sort of like 
indifferent to shite form from the action. Yeah, and Besto has had an interview this week or last week or whatever we are, probably yesterday, um, saying that he doesn't really care, that he he's happy to bat. If he keeps, he keeps. He'll go with what he's going with, which to me says it's going to be folks. Um, so I, I, I'd imagine that top seven would be um, classic Crawley, Stokes, sorry, I want to add Crawley, Duckett, I think Stokes at three, Root, Brook, Bearstow, and then folks. Um, Any chance of Bearstow at three? he got he played at three in a Sri Lanka tour 2018 and then when they went to India in 2021 he batted at three then and it was an absolute car crash mm-hmm. um I think he was out about three times in two balls in one of the games which was like he it was it was chaos um so I would say no I think he's had his best success recently at five and sort of six seven. So I would be kind of anti-moving him um, as I would be anti-moving Root. Stokes batted at three in the last test of the summer when Mo was injured and Stokes isn't going to bowl in this series. So then so when does it playing... get to the point of is Bairstow actually good enough for test cricket? Because he's been playing in the team for years and he's been inconsistent at best. Like he had that amazing series mm-hmm. against Zealand that like, well, yeah, he, he had that, you know, he had an amazing form. Then he obviously had that almost career-ending injury, so he definitely deserved his place to come back. He had an okay Ashes, I'm going to say. He got he 99. His well. place to come back. If you've got a player in form mm. currently, do you replace them with a person that is just coming back from injury? I wouldn't say that you do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he will play. <laughs> I mean. Um, like Moe Nally came and played when he was retired, so I yeah don't know what Stokes and McCullum are going to do. Yeah, I mean it... they'll probably not play two spinners. They might or probably do Anderson, Atkinson, Wood, and just maybe. Um, I mean, I think the only question marks you have would be if you don't play folks, then I guess it would be Bearstow v Pope, and I think you go Bearstow. I don't think Pope is again he's just come off an injury hasn't set the world alight recently apart from his massive hundred against Ireland um and I'd feel I would feel more comfortable Bairstow there over the rather than Pope um but I no idea what they'll go with so we'll see um like you say whether they go Rayan and Leach is up in the air I imagine they would go Ahmed and Leach as two spinners and then rotate between two other seamers and then you have root to bowl as well and harry brook who reese this isn't a silly point but it, it might as well be um harry brook is hoping to be a permanent off spin option moving forward um so you um, might know he bowls dibbly dobbly medium paces um yeah i was gonna say, I wouldn't call what he bowls off spin <laughs> Yep, um, but he's hoping to unveil his pretty good off-spin bowling in the 100 in 2024. Um, he said it was jokey at the start, but then I've actually started to get it pretty good at it, Brooke told reporters in the Caribbean. So I'm just trying to work on it and see what happens. <laughs> sure. Basketball in it. Vibes. Might as well. Um, so yeah, I imagine it will be Rayan and Leach and then Anderson, Robinson, Atkinson and Wood will be share the load um i don't see bashir necessarily playing but i mean if he could um he's definitely been picked off promise rather than stats he's only played six first class games and only has 10 wickets in first class cricket um i think rayan only have played three first class games before his test debut so that's just their way of thinking now um from everyone i've heard he's he's tall and can get that kind of bounce and that's what they kind of want for spinners in india it's the same with tom hartley um but i would be surprised if we see them obviously to start but maybe later in the series when we're three nil down but um yeah yeah i you can't n- not really play ahmed after how well he's done in english every time he's played and leech coming back as your frontline spinner so you we'll see on that basically kind of use 
Ahmed as a like a pseudo all rounder. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Right? yeah. Exactly. Yeah, he offers you a bit of that later on. Yeah. I mean, that's... yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you'd have the top seven that I mentioned, and then you rotate between those four bowlers. I think basically, I think that's as, as good as you're going to get with the squad they've picked. Um, but alas, um, there has been oh, we're hardly into this news at all. Jesus Christ, there yeah. has been some back and forth between Stephen Harmison and Ben Stokes. Um, Harmison, I think, on a talk sports show was um, very critical. Upon I mean, that's learning. all you need. You don't, on a talk sports show, you can just dismiss it as fucking shite. This is the news. You can't disregard the news. It's not so... news. It's talk sport. It's so... garbage. It's not even garbage. It's not worthy to go into... Are we not talking sport? Fuck off. <laughs> so... Harmison on Un- Undisclosed Show was saying he was very critical that India England were only arriving in India about four days before the first test. Um, and was saying that is not obviously good preparation to come and then expect to do anything in the series at all. Going back to back in my day, we'd do this, this and this. But, you know, I don't think Harmison ever won a series in India. I might be wrong, but I'm saying that. Um and then Stokes jumped straight back um, to be like, well, it's a good idea. It's a good thing that we're having a three-week camp in Abu Dhabi and doing additional training when we arrive in India then, isn't it? So it's quite nice to have that kind of happy back and forth for a series, just to get that kind of, you know, aminosity before England play. It's always, it's been missed. I mean, um, I'd rather like Stokes fight back. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think... Like, defend yeah. what you're doing. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's always that classic case of someone sees a headline and then runs with it thinking that's the truth when, you know, a lot of this squad were in Abu Dhabi before Christmas, like Ahmed and Bashir and Hartley with the England Lions with a lot of development squads and stuff like that. So they've been having their training. England Lions are going out there before the main England team going out there next week or the end of this week. So they're doing preparation. So just they're professional sportsmen. They're not gonna. They're not going to not do anything. So I find it hard to to believe that Talksport would purposefully create a volatile news <laughs> topic to garner clicks and engagement. Maybe we should do that. Um, so I mean, speaking, we, we of... don't have to try. Apparently, <laughs> no, <laughs> just... we don't even have to say what we're being criticised for. Um, so this is going to lead into my last thing about England. I think. Um, I hope so. Uh, this is going to be my first silly point. We're bringing it back. It's been maybe a year and a half, um, but it's going to be kind of a silly point quiz of who's that cricketer. Um, so Graham Swan has been working with the England Lions, uh, again, before Christmas and leading into uh, this year. Uh, So he's been working with players like Bashir and things like that. And, and the main England squad. Um, I'm going to read you, um, a quote about one of the players in the England setup. Um and the game for you is to guess who is he talking about? So yeah, who's that? Cricketer. Lions um, or main squad or main squad. Okay. Okay. Um I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna not give you the hint beforehand. So right. I'm gonna jump in with I couldn't believe it. He took his shirt off and I thought he was posing for a calendar or something. He's ripped to shreds and he's done it because he wants to protect his back as much as he can. Honestly, you won't get over it. He's a machine. He's like Ken from the Barbie movie. <laughs> uh, so you got to guess who is Graham Swan talking about? Uh, immediately going to Jimmy or Wood to do no. protecting their backs <laughs> Jimmy because he like carries the whole team and Wood oh, yeah. because he's always injured. Um, <laughs> I can but... confirm it's neither of those. I don't. Know. I I just have it <laughs> a weird like sense in the back of my mind that Jack Leach <laughs> as well. Like he's, is Jack always... Leach your answer? Yeah, I'm going Jack Leach. It's Jack Leach. <laughs> like he's just got that kind of nerdy head look and like. But of course, he's going to be absolutely buff he's got that flanders vibe yeah <laughs> stupid sexy <leech. laughs> yeah just i i just saw that quite a point it was, it was 
a, a good fun silly point but like you know it's it will be good to have ken i mean leech back for the <laughs> india series um i didn't really know he'd had back issues anyway but yeah there we go that's my quick silly point it's back there'll be a second one later i think is there i'm not sure i might have one i don't know um <laughs> I can't remember. I mean, um, that's silly in itself. It is silly. Um, but we're going to move on from England. Uh, praise be. Oh, no, I do have another silly point. It does involve England. Um, so uh, Ben Duckett, um, you'll be familiar, um, is it launching... Is, it's to do with rhyming. I think I know where it's going. Oh, do you? Well, he's launching his own... Do you want to call it business? Or, I don't know, his own thing. I don't know um, where it's going. Um, oh, fuck, I know where it's, it's going. It's <laughs> launching in 2024, and it is Duckett's Buckets. Uh-huh. So he's making his own bucket hat range where you need to subscribe or you can follow the Instagram account, Duckett's Buckets, um, mainly because everyone made the meme that when they um, brought Buckets hats in, they all wanted to see Ben Duckett in a bucket. And now here we have Duckett's Buckets. But when I what said, a world we live in. When I said rhyming, I was going along the lines of bucket, but... Oh, no. Then bucket hats came flooding <laughs> all the way back. Back they are. Um, so yeah, that was my other silly point. Um, what joy that is. It, it is um, silly. <laughs> it's good to have it back. Um, next up, we have more test cricket to quickly go over about. There were India... There were India. India and South Africa had a two-match test match series, the most pointless number of test matches you can have in a test series because you then reach this of a 1-1 and you don't have a winner and it's pointless. Um, but it was a very... It was it was a series. Um, did you follow any of it? Not, not really. <laughs> I mean, well, was, you yeah. gave me updates and that's about as much sure. following I mean, of it as I did. That's fine. I mean, the first one was kind of the bog standard test match you would expect. Um, South Africa played very, very well. Uh, Dean Elgar, who ret- who's retired now, was this swan song series, got a fantastic hun- uh, big old 180-odd, I think, in the first game. Um, and South Africa played marvellously in that first game. And India just didn't look like they'd shown up. Um, it was kind of the epitome of cricket in South Africa. It's fast-paced. It was the pitch had enough for batting if you had the technique of, you know, an Elgar. Um, but then, you know, Rabada, um, Janssen, all these players were getting a lot out of the wicket. It was just, it was good Boxing Day, compelling cricket to watch. And I was back at my parents for Christmas. So it's quite nice to just come down in the morning, just watch test cricket at 8.30 in the morning and it to be good cricket. Um, the second series, our second, second match was a bit more mental. Uh, it was officially the shortest test match ever. Um and India ended up winning by six wickets. I don't have the scorecard hand anymore because it happened ages ago. And if you are listening, you probably already know. Uh, but South Africa were 55 all out. India were then about 155 all out, I think. That sounds right. Yeah. And India lost six for none at one stage, which it, <laughs> which is mental. With seven um, ducks? I think it was six or seven ducks. Yeah, it was I think ridiculous. one of the openers got a duck as well. Yeah. It was absolute chaos. Um, it was one of those games where they were about 140 for four and I was watching it and I was sort of like, well, Cody's in, Rahul's in. I can't really be bothered to watch them grind out more scores. I'm going to do something else. And I checked the scorecard two minutes later and it's all out. And I'm so like, what? <laughs> it was mental, absolutely mental. Um, and then the second innings... I think South Africa must have got just under 200 or something, but uh, Markram got a ridiculously good 100 um, when the next highest score was 12. Um, absolute mad. It, it was like he was pulling off that kind of Stokes-esque innings, but no one was really staying with him and it was all just kind of falling apart. But it was it was a ridiculous knock. Um, it was, a lot of people have been doubting him as an opener in Test cricket and it just felt like, that, that was him kind of being like, shush, please. Um, but then India did chase down. I think it was about 60 or 70 to win, four down. Um, but, you know, we're still quite tricky and hard going to get there. Um, and then the ICC have said that the pitch ranked as um, below satisfactory or something or poor. Um, 
but yeah there's been quite a lot of fallout from that Rohit um was basically saying um he can't see many people criticizing South Kapitch and or if they're not going to criticize this one then they should shut their mouths when it comes to tours in India and everyone criticizes their pitches for being over in two days um there was also Ravi Shastri using the analogy that um it, it if you took a dump, then you probably were going to miss the <laughs> India losing six for none, which is a wonderful piece of commentary. Which, which is we what love you to hear. Did. Which is basically what I must have done. <laughs> um, so what what is your thoughts on this tiny short test match game? Is this good for the game? Is it fun silliness? Is it okay every now and then? Or I what's your what's your opinion about it? Well, you said the ICC deemed the pitch to be below satisfactory. I assume they did that after the game. Yeah. So, surely, you see, like, several pitches on the ground. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so surely, have the home team do what they want with the pitches. Yeah. But then have an ICC official inspect those pitches before the game. Yeah. So if they are shit, like this one, they can say, yeah. you can't use that, it's not up to standard. This one's fine. This one's okay. You can choose between those two, but that one's dog shit. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's got to be some it's... kind of art of reading pitches, isn't there? I guess sometimes you don't know what you're going to get from it. I guess it looked like a normal pitch, but then it had weird, uneven bounce and ones that jumped up. I... I guess you don't know until you start playing on it, but I don't... It, it just feels like an odd pitch to create. It's It was strange. Um, but like, but the surely cr- there's going to be some signs of that right yeah. at the start of the game. Yeah, you'd think so. Um, it, it just seems like yeah. a bit of a cop-out for the ICC to do that after the game. For his yeah. test match to have been played on. Like, there's always other pitches yards yeah. away. Yeah, Have someone yeah. inspect and Dean, which is worthy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then would also, you know, like, like you said, this deserved a third match after this random yeah. bullshit match. To yeah, shoot out game. Because we don't know if this was because of the pitch or India playing better yeah. or South Africa having a off time. Mm-hmm. And you can have the third match, you can like clarify what it was. Yeah. Deem who was the best team over the series. Yeah. Take any questions about the pitch out of it, but whatever. Do you enjoy those shootout games though? Like England and India had a very similar one two years ago, um, or three years ago. I forget where we are now. Um, where it was over in two days and Root got five for eight with the ball, something ridiculous. Um, well, they, they are, are they are weird, funny, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Like they're enjoyable when you're like watching something completely fall apart. Yeah, it's a bit of like Schadenfreude, but like yeah. you don't have a dog in the fight. So like, no, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. It's every now and then I think is okay because it then gives you that kind of variety of test screen. Because otherwise, if you have the same format and formula for every test match, then it, surely it's going to get silly. But if you if you know that there might be a one random game like this around the corner, I think it makes it quite interesting, especially when apparently no one can bat like a test cricketer anymore. So that's always fun. I'm going to go jump seamlessly in to the next part, which we definitely didn't pause for as always. Um, so the South Africa T20 League starts today, but it should have started today, but it was rained off. Um, and South Africa have a test tour against New Zealand um, over the next few weeks, which obviously clashes with the South Africa T20 League, um, leading to South Africa picking basically a third, fourth team for the New Zealand test tour, which is counts towards the test championship um, and obviously prioritising their big franchise um, tournament instead. Um it's it's caused a bit of a ruckus. Uh, South Africa put a statement after they announced the squad, and it was basically, you know, torn to shreds, saying that they did everything in their power to reschedule this tour and things like that. Um, 
but it does feel a bit crappy <laughs> um that you know i mean i think the safka t20 league out of all these franchises i think is a very very good league and it's it's short it's 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 it knows what it needs it's got high profile players it's got some of the best grounds but it shouldn't be coming before international cricket and that's just a kind of sad indictment of the way the cricket calendar is looking for international teams that aren't England, India and South Africa and um, Australia. Um, I have got kind of overall big question about it later, but what was your thought about it in general? I mean, depending on the squad New Zealand decide to pick, yeah, it could be interesting. Like I find those sorts of games where you don't know who the yeah. players are interesting because it can go yeah whatever way but I doubt New Zealand will do that they want to I feel they go full strength they want the points yeah exactly um, the rescheduling comment is total bullshit because surely yeah. you knew both of them were going to happen at the same time yeah maybe even up to a year ago yeah uh, like when the 310 the last is on in England. There aren't many test players going to play for counties. No. Um, there's no India test matches on during the IPL. Nope. Or not that I'm ever aware of. Oh, no, definitely not. Never, never. I would say that's the same for the Big Bash. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like the, the Big Bash goes on for about four years. So, yeah, it does have some overlap with the Australian summer and test matches. But again, the the best players are always prioritised for the test matches for Australia. Yeah, like cricket in Australia is so hardcore that you want to play for Australia over yeah. the Sydney Sixers or whatever name yeah. they have. I... You got one right. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Brisbane Heat. So, yeah. All right. Let's yeah. <laughs> leave it while I'm ahead. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, it's shit, isn't it? Like, it's bad, yeah. It's especially because South Africa don't really have that many test matches in this calendar. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that they, you know, played so well in that first test against India against, you know, one of the best sides in the world and, you know, beat them quite comprehensively in that first game. I know they lost the second one comprehensively, but they were competitive in that shootout game. Um, the fact that no players from that squad are going to be playing the next test. And the fact that they're going to have a captain making his debut as captain is just... It, I can't understand how it, get, it gets to this. Um, I mean, I know why, obviously, South Africa, you know, it's financially viable for them to have this franchise competition. They want their best players playing in it. Um, and then it, it kind of falls at the ICC's door as well to be like, you need to be doing more for the other teams that aren't England, Australia and India. Um, surely the wealth needs to be distributed more so you're getting the best players playing all the time um, This my main point about this podcast my main overall question was going to be is Test Cricket dead um, or has it all been dead for a while we've just be, been just carrying on normally um, because Australia played Pakistan recently and again in another very dead series where Australia won 3-0 Um We'll get to a bit more detail, but it it that was just inc- so one sided. Pakistan had like glimmers of moments that were good, and some things you know. Um, I believe what was his name, um, Amir Jamal. Uh, we got eighteen wickets and played really well for Pakistan, but you know it was Warner got a hundred and Cummins got three fifers in a row. Lyon got his five hundred wicket. It was just kind of everything you expect again we're going to be whinging about australia doing well but it's just become a habit that no one can (laughs) but no one can compete with australia in australia you know because they're such a dominant force at home um apart from when india have won there a couple of times but if any other team it's just you know what you're going to expect and pakistan showed glimpses but nothing enough to really compete against them they just you know kept whenever they got in the game they would just collapse the next morning and it'd be over um and again that probably leads into the question to be like what's the point in test cricket if 
all these other teams aren't going to be competitive to the standard that makes test cricket good. Like if you're just going to have three teams who are good, what's the point in the rest? And I think it's, it's slowly getting there. I think West Indies have not really picked a full strength side for Australia as well. Like Jason Holder had decided to play franchise cricket instead leading up to the T20 World Cup rather than test matches. Um, it's just getting a bit crap. <laughs> it's like, what's the point in watching these if the players playing aren't great? I mean, Pakistan's coach, I think it's um, Mohammed Afiz, who's now their main selector, I think, um, was saying, oh, there was positive to take out this series. It's a good learning curve. But a tour for Australia shouldn't really be a learning curve. That should be the your your best team playing against one of the best teams in the world. And it's it's messy and it's just a bit pants, I think. Um, I think the ICC need to be doing more. Otherwise, it's just going to be wall-to-wall franchise cricket, which it is slowly becoming anyway. I mean, the priority hasn't been test cricket. Yeah. For a while, like, but England and Australia, I think, are the two nations where it is the biggest format and the most prestigious yeah. format. Yeah. I think you can make the case of like New Zealand potentially as well. They don't have their own or like Yeah. They probably do have their own franchise league, but it's not like the same sort of levels as the other ones, like even the yeah. one. Like which countries are prioritizing test cricket? Yeah. There's no incentive for them to do so. No, and even if it's like two of the big three, it's only two teams out of however many that play test cricket. Yeah. Like yeah. Afghanistan has like in the last few years gone test status. How often do they play? Like the games. Yeah. Same with Ireland as well, isn't it? It's just yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, like surely they'd be wanting to play test matches to get better at the yeah. format and to be like an actual threat but the bigger nations don't care enough to like offer their services to those smaller nations to improve they just yeah. they're just happy to show up and play them and then lose to them at yeah because yeah. they'll get you know they'll their boards will get money out of going to an England tour and Australia and things like that. And they'll get some recommissioned that way, but it's the incentives are the massive money that they're getting the IPL or the international T20 league or South Africa T20, all these things. It's just, you can understand for a player that, you know, if you're a player from Sri Lanka or West Indies or something and South Africa, um, and you can get guaranteed good dollar for just playing a handful of T20s every now and then, then you're going to do it. Like, why wouldn't you? Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's going to get to the stage soon where it's going to be that there's going to have to be windows for international cricket as opposed to windows for franchise cricket because it's just getting mad out of hand. I mean, that's why England have done their, and Australia have both done their kind of multi-year deals um, to try and dissuade players from doing multi-year deals for franchises because that's where it's going but that's not going to be the same for you know the likes of South Africa so it, it does feel like it's you know death knocking at the door but it does also feel like we've been talking about this for a long long time and I think you know we're biased in England because test cricket is always so big that you can kind of turn a blind eye to it sometimes but yeah I think it's 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 getting to that stage especially when it feels like no one can bat anymore when you have like a day when 23 wickets fall in a day um, and same in, pa- in Pakistan and Australia and even Australia had a collapse there as well. It's just, it, it, if we're getting test cricket, surely it needs to be good test cricket, not just whatever you're just rolling out. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how England and India goes. That'll be, that'll be fun. <laughs> um, if they get any TV right. Well, if we actually watch it, but maybe that's yeah. the best if we don't. But like, uh, also- how the ICC could have like independently judged the South Africa India pitch. Surely they should be having more input in the scheduling as well. Like surely, they well they do the schedule. That. They for their Test Championship, it's their schedule that they decide. I guess. I guess it has to be with the other boards. But at the end of the day, it's their competition that they set up. But then, like, are they the ones scheduling the? individual series or other mm. nations 
doing that themselves between each other. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I don't know. Because this is that's the major thing for the South Africans. For me, it's like while the franchise leagues in other countries might be taking priority, yeah. they are never directly impacting the test cricket because they're no. not on at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Like someone has looked at this scheduling conflict and been like, nothing we can do, that's fine. Can't do anything about it. We'll just have yeah. like Markram and Dukak and whoever Rabatra yeah. and Gidi just like yeah. test cricket. It's just it's it's all the time now you're getting these players like Henrik Klaassen announced the other day that he's retiring from test cricket to focus on white ball. Um, I mean, he's a bit of a different kind of example because he's only played like four tests. Um, but, you know, you're getting all of these players ruling themselves out of red ball cricket so they can prioritise more of these kind of white ball things. And, but to you be know, fair, as we've seen with England, retirement means nothing. True. I mean, for England, I think it means nothing. I think for South Africa or those kind of players or countries, I think probably means a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Anyway, we'll move on to happier things. Right. Uh, David Warner is retired. <laughs> um, and I guess he goes out in style-ish. He lost his baggy green. I don't know if you knew that. Um, I did he had his, that. Yeah, he had his bag nicked, which had his baggy green in it, but then he found it. Um, the penultimate day of the test match, uh, his last test. I'm pretty uh, sure was... it was Mitchell Johnson that took it. Probably, yeah. That's always nice. Um, oh, yeah, because all that drama as well. I haven't yeah. got that in my notes, but that was fun. Um, so David Warner retires. I, I guess his his my salty Englishness. Um, he played 112 tests for an opener, which is pretty pretty great. Um, 8,786 runs, at highest of 335 not out. Um, an average of 44 and a strike rate of 70 with 26 test hundreds, which is pretty good going, if I do say so myself. Um, I would say with Warner, you know, it's it's always going to be discussions of what's he like as a bloke. And there's always going to be the going back to the sandpaper stuff. Um, there's also the kind of the punching of Joe Root in a nightclub or whatever that was or a bar and, you know, the ferocity of that kind of Australian side in like 2017, I'm going to say, against Africa. And, you know, he's very much the forefront of this, you know, giving off that kind of bully vibe. But then he's kind of looks like he's had that redemption since he came back for Sandpaper. Um, you know, he is, is a multiple World Cup winner, um, both in T20, uh, 50 over and the Test Championship. Um, you know, it's he's he's a very good player. Um, and I'm I'm more annoyed or more sad that we're not going to see you know him nicking off to first slip in English conditions anymore. That's kind of my sadness. Um, what are your thoughts about Warner now that he's retired from both fifty over and Tests? I mean, it's it like it's changed throughout his career. Mm. Really. Like you mentioned the Joe Root thing. Um, he spoke of like a mental weakness mm. when they England were playing in the ashes in Australia around yeah. the time Jonathan Trott had some yeah. mental yeah, health issues. That. Yeah. Yeah. But like I think the Sandpaper Gate situation it like really changed him. Like he realized in that moment how much playing cricket for Australia meant to him. You could see in his press conference yeah just like how emotional he was like it doesn't take away from the no stupid thing that he did but like when smith came back like people were much more open to having him back and that was partly because of how well he was playing yeah but people were much more antagonistic or less welcome to david warner like, especially yeah. being with fans and i don't think that was helpful in Warner's case because he had such a bad record against Broad so it was like an easy target for English fans yeah at that time and he had history you know off the pitch and on the pitch and that kind of stuff so he's very much the pantomime villain you can easily go to and and you wonder how much of the instigating he was of the sandpaper stuff it feels it feels like he was the one who threw you know especially Cameron Bancroft under the bus but then that's that is speculation and I can't really say for certain 
Sure. Um, and like people change, and I think he has yeah. changed since then. He seems like a bit more of a chill dude since then. He does. He does. Yeah. Um, I, I would agree. Like I've not heard too much, if anything, like that about him or anything he's done particularly wrong since then. And he's probably since then he's been better as a player. And I think because he's had he had the opportunity to not play for Australia taken away from him. Yeah. Yeah. That's only driven him more. And he's won his World Cup since then. He's been incredible as a test player since then. Like test matches it's very easy to just sort of go into your shell and Bat on. Warner's not like that. He's one of the most exciting test match players you'll get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he won't sit back. He's just attacking you. Yeah, it's tra- You could say he's a trailblazer for the modern game, basically. Like the way he plays, you know, was very standout. You know, started off as a T Twenty player and then made himself to be one of the Australia's best ever opening bats. Behind, you know, people like Langer and Hayden is is quite something. Um, he. As as all retirees do, um, he's going to write a book. <laughs> um, here's his quote that he said the other day to the Club Prairie Fire podcast. Um, he said, "There's definitely one in the pipeline, as in a book, um, and I think it'll be an interesting read. There's going to be a lot of things in that book that I think are going to raise some eyebrows um, in regards to Sandpaper Gate. So I, I feel that a lot of stuff is going to be said." Not necessarily against his teammates, but I think Cricket Australia. I think he's been very angry at the way he's been treated in terms of his leadership ban. Um, and the way he's come back, that he's he was never allowed to have any kind of form of captaincy within Australia again. Um like especially he, since Smith has since become vice yeah. captain. Yeah. Like I was always like conspiratorially viewing that as a way for him to regain the captaincy. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely. Not happened yet, but I think it's... I mean, he's had the odd, odd game when Cummins hasn't been able to play. He's stepped in as captain instead. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of stuff is going to be said. I mean, he's got the World Cup this year, which he'll still play for the twenty overs stuff for Australia. And I imagine the book will come out after then, where I think he'll, you know, basically take no prisoners. And I think you know that's in his right to. And I think that'll be be interesting to say the least. I think. Um, but yeah, that, that's that's Davy Warner basically. Um, I think did I have anything else about that Australia stuff? I don't think so. Um, they play West Indies next. Um, oh no, there is big news. Um, oh. <laughs> it's all it's so much. What a ramble this is. Um, obviously, with Warner retiring, Australia need a new Test match opener. Have you seen this announced today? Um, no. Uh, Steve Smith will be Australia's next Test match opening batter. Uh, preferred to over the like. It's of Matt Renshaw, Cameron Bancroft, uh, Marcus Harris have all been putting in the good hard yards for uh, the Shield cricket, which is basically the county championship of Australia. And Cameron Green is going to bat at four instead. What's your initial thoughts? I mean, on the one hand, it's it's a bit weird seeing as he's so good at four and that's where his best cricket Mm -hmm. has been. But on the other hand, he's also not that far away from retirement, I would suspect. And yeah, like if he's a stopgap opener until they're more confident, yeah, and another opener to take his place or to just slot him back into four when someone can partner Ozzy, then yeah, they they're just so desperate to get Cameron Green in the side. And I think Cameron Green's a very talented cricketer, but I don't really understand the huge hype. Um, he's a you know, he's he bowls pretty well. Um, he bats okay, but I don't think he's ever really set the world alight, if I'm being salty English honest. Um I would have thought Travis Head would go at four, um, if you're gonna do that, and then Mitchell Marsh five and then Cameron Green six. I think it's a lot of responsibility to chuck him to Cameron Green to go back four. Cause then what if that doesn't work? Are you then gonna then move Smith down again and then bring in another opener when you could just got an opener anyway? Um, I think it's quite harsh on people like Bancroft and uh, Matt Renshaw who have just, you know, been putting in all the time and, you know, they've they've had county championships stints and have been top run scorers in shield cricket um, to 
then you know when their time comes it's then like you know we'll put a stop gap in instead it's it's kind of you know similar to how folks you know is england's best keeper and doesn't get the first gig and they go for someone's stop gap instead so it's playing it's just a way of the world of cricket isn't it now um so yeah that's that's basically that was the breaking news today and that's caused some ruckus again um a lot of this is from not actual cricket happening <laughs> it's just from not other stuff um very quickly there's been some women's test matches going on india beat both england and australia at home but then australia managed to beat in india in both the recent one days and t20s um to prove and continue their uh cricket uh, yeah international cricket dominance basically um the world t20 groups have been announced um for the west indies and usa cup in may or june wherever um massive shock in this uh basically uh india in the same group as pakistan and england are the same group as australia i mean that's i'm not sure how they managed to draw that um (laughs) huge news so it's a two group format four groups so you've got england with australia and namibia scotland and oman india with pakistan ireland usa and canada west indies with new zealand afghanistan uh, Papua New Guinea and Uganda and South Africa with Sri Lanka, Bangladesh, Netherlands and Nepal. Cool. So they're like just giving the top spots away for three. And... Exactly. Yeah, there's... So I loved it when they announced the draw and it's like, well, it's not really a draw, is it? You're just choosing who you want to go in which group. It's exactly. like what you do and as then... a kid, isn't it? Like you yeah. do a... Yeah, who you want in your team. World Cup or... Premier League in your own nonsense, head, absolute nonsense. You play with you, <laughs> yeah. I think India are playing Pakistan in New York. I think I don't know what that pitch is going to be like, <laughs> but concrete, um, a jungle, but yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that'll be, yeah, great. Um, I just put Big Bash, etc., it's, it's ongoing. Um, and yeah, my overall question was going to be about yeah this Test cricket day, which we've covered. So yeah, I think that, thank goodness, is our cricket news. How did you find that? A lot, isn't it? It is a lot, and it, again, it doesn't feel like a lot of cricket has happened. But um, yeah, that's a lot of stuff. And the next stuff we'll be talking about cricket wise will be the um India and England series that starts at the end of this month. Um. And I guess we'll probably be doing some test match reviews for that if we can watch it. Um, yeah. Oh, and also Elise Plary uh, played her 300th game for Australia, which is a, a mental achievement. Pretty bad. Um, yeah, I think, yeah. I, one of the absolute greats of the women's game and just the game in general as well. So shout out. Um, yeah, that's that's it for me, for cricket. Uh, we haven't done a not cricket in ages. Yes, speak. Yes, speak. It's time for some not cricket, right? Da, 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 da. Like, seeing as it's our first twenty twenty four pod, right? Like, I don't. I yeah, for for I, the benefit of listeners, I don't know what the not cricket is. So this is news for me as well. Yeah, like I don't find a particular worth in the changing of one number from one year to another, <laughs> sure. symbolically or otherwise. Yes, but as people who have a podcast we are contractually and spiritually obligated by the denizen of podcasting to talk yeah. about our favorite things from the last year oh you're right yeah so i've got like just a list of five games and tv shows that i thought but like is there anything sticking out to you immediately for me what i enjoyed most out of yeah. film and tv yeah. Oh, just go, what happened? Like, right off the top of your head. Then I'll go into mine and just see what you... I've got to try and remember what happened last year. What right? did we watch last year? Uh, film-wise, uh, not watched an awful lot of films, I'll be honest. I mean, same. I couldn't pick out five films yeah, that I watched, I mean, which would have been worthy of talking about in a positive did, light. Like, I've not watched... Because, yeah, we have a dog... <laughs> and uh, yeah, we normally would go to the cinema a lot, so it's kind of waiting for these films to come out. I would have liked to see Oppenheimer. 
Um, I really like to do see... the Barbenheimer phenomenon. Barbenheimer, yeah. But it, it yeah. feels like you can't really do that. Now. <laughs> it feels like it was all in That's the moment. That. Yeah. Um, so I would have liked to see that and I'll be able to watch it when it's available, but I haven't seen it. I would have liked to see it. Um, the only film I went to cinema to see, I think, was Across the Spider-Verse, I think, um, which I enjoyed. I loved the artistic style of the first one and the second one. I think they're good fun. Um, I'm not ever going to watch a Marvel movie again other than Spider-Verses, so I didn't see any MCU ones, thankfully. Um Oh, what else? I feel like I need to see. Yeah. What are your old, films of 2023? Old films can fuck right off. They're like our friend group wants to go see shit like the Marvels, and I'm not giving but, that any you. like. Yeah. Any, yeah. Like TV wise, we had The Last of Us, which is probably the that best. Was, of course, it video was. Yeah. Game adaptation Brilliant. of all time. Brilliant. Absolutely like, love that. Like thinking about the hospital scene at the end of. Yeah, fantastic game and how different they feel. Mm. Like in the game, you're obviously controlling Joel, so mm. you're in his mindset. Yeah, in that book, because it's a game, you're just going through. It's your objective, and you've got to get from A to yeah. B to do this, and then yeah. back again. And mm-hmm. you like question the morality afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like in the show, it's giving you like this with sort of off sort of not straight on camera angles it's a bit hazy yeah. kind of psychedelic so you're in joel's mindset in a different way in that he's just in a hazy focus yeah but because you're not like experiencing firsthand you're questioning the morality as it's happening and it's just it was such a creative way to show that same yeah. from a different point of view yeah no brilliant i mean i've never played the game because i don't have the PlayStation, um, but I forgot. I forgot that was this year. But you know, I absolutely loved it. I was obsessed. You, there was obviously the see the episode where I think it was the second episode. Was the second episode or third episode where it's about? Can you remind me of the names of the two, the gay couple? Yeah, the third episode. It's Nick Offerman and yeah, I can't remember the other. I can't remember the characters. He's in White Lotus, isn't he? As well, the other guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, well, I wish I could remember. But that, you know, that's obviously not how it's really portrayed in the game. No. Um, but I thought that was just a brilliant piece of television, just as of itself. Like, se- even separate from the series, just having that one episode away from everything going on and seeing their relationship and, you know, how everything's affected that. I thought it was brilliant. I, I just love, I, I enjoy apocalypse films and TV shows to an extent, but I think what's so good about last of us is you really get that kind of human and you know emotional element to it and you you attach yourself to these characters and oh yeah i forgot it was last year i it, right. i think that's definitely my favorite thing i watched definitely for sure sure um like we also had the bear season two which is that chaotic tent comedy drama set in a mm-hmm. new york chicago kitchen nice. it's just it's mad in the best ways. It's yeah. You feel the tension and you feel like your chest is seizing up, but you can't not watch it. And it's not nice. like tense in that someone's going to die. It's no. They make it a tense about oh shit, is the restaurant gonna open or are they gonna like be able to serve food? It's yeah. Just, and it's had like two of the best single episodes of television throughout last year like of the 2020 yeah sure fair and they had those back to back and they were just like such different tones nice that was fantastic and like the second episode had a one guy who you wouldn't think would sing a taylor swift song out loud in a car do that sure. that was nice amazing um yeah. i've been watching loads of anime and like finland saga season two was just fantastic it's yeah, a Viking story set in the King Canute's Leif Erikson time period, and nice. it's just a, such a massive tonal shift from one season yeah. to the next. That if this was a live action series that was produced by a Western country, yeah, 
no one would stop talking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Above The Last of Us, if this was like stories away by HBO or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Honestly, like not much TV today. <laughs> I mean, I thought I would, I'd have a little look, but it's just it's classic that yeah, a lot of last year is stuffed with Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania, Shazam, um, Blue Beetle, Aquaman, yeah. uh, the Marvels. It's just overstuffed of nonsense, isn't it? Um, like games for me was a bit better. Like I basically just watched anime in the end last year because that's how I felt the TV and film was going. Yeah. So like we had Baldur's Gate three come out mm-hmm. last year, which is just like playing a massive D and D campaign, and like, I played through it twice, like over a hundred hours. Nice into <laughs> it, and it's still so much I know I haven't. Yeah, that's really good to have. Though. Just such a fun time, and you will be able to play like with friends over Wi-Fi as well. It's that's cool. Such a fun game. Amazing. But like yeah, I mean... the one game that I just became so enamored with, which I played in like February, March, mm-hmm. is Stray, mm-hmm. and it's set in like a post-apocalyptic world bit of a tech noir neon noir sort of aesthetic and you play as a cat separated from their family that has to like delve through this post-apocalyptic underground to reach the surface again yeah and it's just got such a unique aesthetic vibe where i (laughs) i wish i hadn't i could forget I play it to play yeah, it. Play like, again. It's just yeah. one of those games that you like fall in love with. Yeah. Immediately. You can play it in like five or six hours in one sitting. Yeah. And it just doesn't leave you because it's like a small developer as well. Like they've got yeah. so much creative freedom and like authority to do whatever they want. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I feel similar about those games, things like Hellblade and Limbo and stuff like that. Like games that I love playing but you know I don't really know about the replayability because it's like those games have that kind of big impact on you that first time that yeah. you know you know exactly what's going to happen it's not like it's going to change but that's good I mean I've not played any games properly new this year um because I'm still stuck in the old past of stuff I'm trying to think of other things I won't go into it because I know you don't care Doctor Who is back so I'm happy about that <laughs> uh I mean um... you have already gone into it while I was in your presence yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so I've had a good time with that. Um, don't think some of the most, been the most perfect things in the world, but for any of our listeners who care, I think Wild Blue Yonder was a, a brilliant piece of storytelling and TV just as of itself when it wasn't connected. It felt like very classic Doctor Who. Um, and now with Shooty, I think Shooty is a, a brilliant inspired bit of casting. I think he's absolutely oozes charisma and is everything you want from the title role. And I'm very excited to see what is happening next with the new season and the direction they go in. Now it's separate away from David Tennant and we can have a new series again. End Doctor Who note. Um, I recently, it counts as 2023 because it came out in 2023. Um, recently watched Saltburn, which was an experience of itself. I don't know if you watched it. No, don't know what it is. I, I would recommend it just because I, I want to know your thoughts. All right. It's, it's 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 a film and i i i spent we watched it on friday night and i spent most of the weekend like trying to understand what i had watched and now i think when someone describes film or a tv show like that that's when you take note because then you don't want to give too much away yeah like this is a yeah this it's got i yeah, I went in knowing nothing because basically I'd seen a lot of people I knew and in, in mutual circles and stuff, whatever, basically have that same reaction I had. And I was like, what's this? I'll watch it. And I watched it and I was like, what is this? Um, it's got a brilliant cast. Um, so I, it's a film that I came out of it not knowing if, I feel like in time I'll go back and be like, I, I really enjoyed that. But I came out being like, did I like that? 
did I hate that? <laughs> um, it's from the director who did uh, Promising Young Woman with Carrie Mulligan, which I think is a brilliant film that came out a few years ago. Um, but yeah, it's definitely got people talking and it's definitely trending. I it's I I I won't describe what I think the genre is or what it is or what I expect it is. I think it's nice to go in fresh, but um, yeah, it's it's definitely a film that people have been like, have you watched this? And I have. I'm like, uh. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's um, our viewing slash playing list for listeners, viewers. Yeah. Salt, Saltburn, Stray, The Last yeah. of Finland Saga, The Bear. Yeah. And whatever. Yeah. Doctor Who, if you want, but like, Time travel I, show, I yeah. won't judge you if you don't. I'll judge you more if you do. Uh, I'll judge you more if you come out saying that you enjoyed Aquaman The Lost Kingdom. <laughs> yeah, same. Um, I'll judge no, you yeah. a lot more if you come out of the Marvels and saying, you know, that musical scene was inspired. <laughs> Top tier. Um, is there anything? We haven't got much time left in our little timer, but is there anything in particular you're looking forward to in 2024? Um, I think there's a new season of Cobra Kai coming out. That'll be fun. Yep. There's, um, I think, is it, oh, is it a new season? What am I talking about? Uh, is War of the Rohirrim this year? Or is that uh, next year? It could honestly, be some point. Who can say at this point like, yeah you got house of the dragon house of the dragons fun. yeah um you got another joker film ever new i believe uh with Deadpool lady gaga 3. yeah lady gaga um i don't know i'm i would i would happily wait for something like assault burn which i'm not expecting and then see that kind of thing rather than the big old hype of a thing you got dune part two dune part one was a slog um <laughs> Um, oh, we've got Garfield the movie, oh, and we've got Paddington in Peru. So, got proper stuff. But yeah, that's that's it for me, really. Yeah, I'm done then. That's fine. <laughs> well, we've got less than a minute, so very, very, very quickly. Where can people find us? Just not quick pod Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, podcast places, all the podcast places, and we will see you in the next podcast whenever that may be. Only fans coming soon. Um, <laughs> maybe not with that attitude. Okay, yes, <laughs> bye, bye.